0: Raise the bat, half century. Well, I can World raise the your bat. You're only yeah. on
1: forty nine at the moment.
0: Yeah. Jeez, you get this is just the sort of petty bullshit that pisses me off about this show. <laughs> fifty episodes in and nothing's changed in that regard. Uh, Still fifty eps. Con, yeah. that calls for a high five over the mic, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah good. Five zero here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, any any thanks you like to send out? Oh,
0: to both our listeners.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Love work. Send us an email, yeah. We're running for four years.
0: Yeah, exactly. 50 episodes in. I mean, I thought this thing maybe could go... Had a lifespan of maybe a half dozen, ten at most. Yeah. But here we are. Still, well, not so much still going strong, but still going.
1: Still going, yeah. <laughs> That's right! Still trying, you could try. All <laughs> oh, the <little> emphasis is... <laughs> All interpretations have said we're trying, yeah. I think, as well.
0: Well, so. the Homer Simpson quote does come to mind. You tried your best, and you failed miserably. The lesson is, never try.
1: Oh, so, there we are. So, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, we've got a few little bits and pieces in I'm this I'm semi-erect erect for- right now. Oh, it's a God. good thing. Don't stay away from <laughs> me, then. Uh, we've got a few bits and pieces in this episode, so, uh, sit back and enjoy. And that's not
0: a reference to what I was just talking about. That's right. So, yeah. Sit back and
1: enjoy the show while I get that horrible (laughs) mental image of Dan out of my head.
0: It's going to be hard to do this show once the restraining order kicks in.
1: Well, since our last episode, the AFL
0: supposedly handed down some punishments to Essendon. I must have missed that one. Yeah, oh, well... The only thing I saw was that James Heard has to take a 12-month sabbatical and then he's back in the chair. Yeah, for two more years.
1: Two more years! Yes. Well, yeah. In case you weren't paying attention, we have. Or
0: even if you were and just didn't realise it was a punishment. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, they lost less draft picks than Adelaide did. They um, two million dollar fine. Yeah, James Hurd gets a twelve month holiday. Denny Corker in a six month holiday. Mark Thompson fined thirty grand.
0: But notice they didn't did give him a suspension him? in uh, in order to allow Essendon to just appoint him as the caretaker coach. Well, He's since come out and said he doesn't want to. But I found that quite convenient, didn't you? oh well the guy who would naturally just step in and, and yeah fill the breach while Hurd isn't around we're not going to suspend him he'll well, just get the fine instead
1: did you actually read the report no. what, at least what, the what are you crazy
0: come on yeah. no, an AFL um, official document to be, to, be perfect,
1: to be perfectly honest based on the report I'm surprised Thompson got charged in the first one the same, yeah. with, uh, same with the Essendon doctor actually but uh, at the same time I'm surprised that James Hurd managed well, to uh, exactly. survive as long as he has I mean it's an absolute disgrace anybody else would have, would have lost their job and well, for in his, any other sport and for his QC to come out and call him a hero I mean are you uh... kidding me are you kidding me? I institute a drug regime, not let the players know about what's going on. How can that How can that be deemed heroic?
0: But that that's just ties in perfectly with what Luke Darcy and the rest of the Muppets on um, Saturday night have been telling us all year. That somehow, this standing strong in the face of adversity, never mind the fact that it's self-inflicted adversity from being fucking filthy drug cheats, somehow that's heroic and worthy of praise. Yeah, well. the The whole thing just leaves a very sour taste. Mouth. Other yes. than it giving oh. rise to uh, Richmond managing to lose a final to the team that finished ninth. That, yeah. That's the one silver lining yeah, so from this considerably dark, this dark cloud. But, uh, of course,
1: yes, I did miss the Essendon, supposedly, got booted for the final, so all they did was shorten their season by a week anyway. Oh,
0: burn! <laughs> So, yes. That was biting. That was hopefully,
1: sick. I mean, to be, to be honest about this and to be blunt, hopefully um, this isn't the end of the punishment because if it is, I, I find it incredibly disappointing. Mate,
0: it's it's the end. It's over. I can, I can guarantee you. I think there'll be some we, players... This is mix. going to be the... Uh, and now, we let us never speak of this again. Ten years from now, the AFL will have succeeded in like having this removed from all the history books and records, I'd wager. The propaganda machine is about to spin into action like never before. It's going to be shades of the IPL managing to not mention a single word about the uh, spot fixing, fixing controversy throughout all their um, commentary and coverage of it this year. Mm. No, nah, the the whole thing has been an absolute and utter farce. I mean, I would go so far as to say that this has been the biggest disgrace in the history of Australian sport. I think that's very cool. I'll throw it out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but well, I mean I think of it, that... <laughs> certainly, I mean because in other sports it would have been something like, you know, say the, the Shane Warne diuretic uh, controversy, that's more a a global sport, whereas this, in terms of being, you know, so Australia's so-called uh, national game. Wow, well, yeah, it's it's really cast a major shadow over the integrity of the competition, the integrity of the the um the CEO and yeah the powers that be. And yeah, it, the whole thing just stinks. Mm. And it didn't have to come to this. If they had just taken the same hardline approach that all other sports in the world take towards yeah. drugs, well, then none of this would have happened. I
1: don't get how the hell Worson had given the right to negotiate their punishment. Because the
0: AFL, and this is the problem. As soon as it involves the AFL, they're in charge of everything. They run every single aspect of the AFL. There's, there's never any sort of external jurisdiction coming in over the top and, and yeah, Telling them how things are going to be. The AFL is always in charge. It's always all done under their jurisdiction, and they're more than happy to, you know, negotiate deals and, and offers and, and things like that. It's not about the integrity of the sport. It's about them doing what they think is at uh, best to, I guess, further enhance their own, in this case, financial prospects by seeing this only play out at the very end of the season. They ensured that they weren't going to, you know, potentially lose any. Whoa lose any games or, or lose any interest in the premiership season.
1: They Melbourne None. stormed that side of things and as I said to somebody the other day they they actually endorsed a us against them mentality yep. amongst this. and then with the view of actually trying to raise and yep. spike their state rather exactly. than rather than water it down, they were playing it up as much as they possibly could.
0: And this is what I'm saying it all in the end boils down to what Demetrio thinks is going to be best for the AFL's bottom line. Doesn't matter about the integrity it doesn't matter about what's right and wrong. doesn't matter about, you know, whether people have been cheating or taking drugs or anything like that. It's all just about how best he can spin it in order to yeah, play it to his advantage. But I think he's made a big tactical mistake in this case because the yeah. AFL has come out of this looking... The, the looking the very... Point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, looking very, very shady at best. Downright corrupt at work.
1: Mm. Yes, there you have it. Don't cheat. <laughs> I'm just going to throw to a sound clip here in a minute, which is... Is this press
0: here to crack one off? No. <laughs> well, I'm going uh, to it anyway, so...
1: Ross Lyons' press conference from the first final against Geelong. In particular, his uh, his rant towards one Mr. Shane McGuinness. Hey, Ross, we saw a number of players go down off the ball. Was there a message before- at all times, or that well, I'm not sure what you're alluding to. Are you talking about Dockers players or Geelong players? Geelong players? We saw a few Geelong well, players. I think you're out of line because what I saw, I saw some Dockers players go down off the ball. i sure, sure Yeah. What do you think? Well, I don't know. You're a coach. Well, I just think it's a silly question. Okay. We play within the rules. Zach What's your name? Ryan. Yeah. Shane. Shane who?
0: McGuinness.
1: Okay, that's the best question you can come up with after two hours of footy. You're quite brilliant, Shane. Yeah, terrific. just Yeah, just go to behind the girls vision and have a look. We'll see what comes out. Terrific, Shane. Yeah. So, uh, Lyon versus McGuinness, what do you reckon,
0: knock out in favour of Lyon? Jeez, oh, I'm surprised they even let him get in the ring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to say he was hopelessly outmatched there would be to yeah to be paying him a compliment. Yes, yeah. I mean ridiculous question. Bitch slapped exactly how he should have been big slapped. Yeah.
1: Full credit to Ross Lyon.
0: Plus, if you look, look at the th- reverse angle, he was actually wearing a Geelong jumper and scarf as well, so <laughs> it's, it wasn't exactly sort of yeah but maintaining I mean, an impartial
1: approach. I mean, no question, the biggest win in the history of the Fremantle Dockers Football oh, yeah. Club. Yeah, that goes without saying. I think. Yeah, it's funny the 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 big key takeout thing for Mister. McGee- Guinness is that perhaps a couple of Geelong people may have been put down off the ball in things that I from what I saw were somewhat dubious well not dubious but they weren't exactly um, you know cavalier and blatant attacks on, oh, look, on people think
0: it, just, it, it basically just sums up the Joel Selwood approach is that whenever something seems to be possibly going slightly against Geelong in terms of the umpiring or in terms of, you know, rough play or pushing someone off the ball or behind the play, then what do they do? They just basically go up and start complaining to the umpires. Like Mm. we saw Steve Johnson do it, we saw Joel Selwood do it, Joel Selwood does it all the time. It's almost like they have this sense of entitlement that if, you know, Mm. the big kids are actually starting to push them around a little bit then they can just go run and dob them into teacher and all will be okay. Mm. In fairness, that's probably been proven correct based on the umpiring of Geelong games over the last few years. But guys, just Fucking harden the fuck up and deal and with it.
1: Well, I just, I just, you know, I, I've bagged him a fair bit in the past, but you know, credit where credit's due. Fremantle put up with a hell of a lot of shit coming into that game. There's, firstly, there's no way in the world that game should have been played at in, Kidney in Park, as far as I'm concerned. If the uh, AFL was making a ruling that only Fremantle had to go
0: and yeah. play Geelong in Geelong, that's ridiculous to that, begin that's with. That's what fucking stinks about it. That's... It's not so much the fact that they had to do it, but yeah. it's the fact that only they would have had to do it. Like, yeah. if it was any other team, it wouldn't have been a consideration. And Now, I... what sort of, yeah, even-handed and um, fair way of dealing with all the teams in the competition is that? Basically yeah. admitting, oh, yeah, it's a different rule for you guys than would apply to anyone else. Yeah, I mean, and it, I think it's the fact that it is Fremantle who are the the perennial laughing stock, the yeah. achievers, the only team in the competition other than the expansion clubs to have never won a flag. The, the AFL was able to get away with that yeah. sort of bullshit.
1: And then, you know, the Geelong Advertiser coming out and saying, putting a box of tissues on the front, saying, just get over it, and then... Fair income. The very <laughs> next day, having a mock-a-docker
0: campaign yeah. for free I had to go down there and to bitch-slap them on their own turf. Well, if I were us credit, credit I'd the... be sending a gift basket to the Geelong Advertiser, because I could not think of a better way to possibly get a team up for a game than with that sort of, yeah, petty crap being dished out beforehand. Yeah. Now, tell me that Ross Lyon might have, might not have um, just sort of grabbed the front page of that paper, slammed yeah. it up onto the wall into the change rooms before the, the team ran out, yeah. and said, this is what they think of us, guys. Yeah. Like, how fucking idiotic do you have to be to do something like that before yeah. a big final? And then... And you're, then just, you're just asking for the universe for... to just turn around and kick you in the guard. That's there.
1: exactly right, and... For the, and then for the people to complain about their their precious little angels getting roughed up a little bit, I mean, for mm. God's sake, you know who really needs to ta- to to it, you know, get rid of the sooking side of things and harden up a little bit? It's all the walk
0: supporters.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, the only other thing that I'd have to say is, I sure hope Chris Scott's kids
0: weren't there. <laughs> I did find it interesting though that um, the following week, of course, they were yeah, that then scheduled to play another sort of, you know. Yeah, another team that's definitely not going to pull a big crowd, but clearly once the AFL realised that Cardinia Park was actually something of a hoodoo ground for Geelong during finals, they uh, yeah. yeah quickly shelved plans to have the game played there and moved it back to the MCG.
1: Yeah. Funny how these things work out. It's
0: almost like they want a Victorian team to go through at a non-Victorian team's expense. Yeah, funny how that works. But that's just some crazy conspiracy. Oh, yeah, conspiracy. no, nothing like that could ever happen. Mm. You know, we can't. Having said that, they did basically bend Hawthorne over last year to ensure that yeah. Sydney got the flag. Sydney, so Sydney. Yeah, but Sydney are a different story. I, I should say non-Victorian team who's not from a rugby rugby playing state. <laughs> it's it's the um, but they they have the loophole with
1: Sydney, and I know this for a fact from being over there in two thousand and five. The Victorians were more yeah. than happy to embrace Sydney because they were South Melbourne once. Yeah. Much like they're they're somewhat happy to embrace Brisbane because they were Fitzroy once.
0: I believe it's known as the next stanza loophole.
1: Yeah. You could say that, Barry mm. Hall. Yeah, I still don't know what the fuck next stanza means. But yeah. anyway,
0: every time I hear that, I just think of a, a comment you once made in an internal meeting, which was well, apparently they're asking us to analyse Greater Brisbane. Fuck knows what they mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, th- that uh, yeah second half of that comment could easily apply to the next stanza rule. Yeah. So, uh, but, but yeah, look. I'm not going to say good on you, Frio, because I'm quite hopeful that my team will end up playing them in the granny. Although, yeah, you'd have to say it's more than likely that we're going to just shit the bed and just fold against Geelong next Wednesday, uh, next Friday night now. But, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, up until up until the finals... Well, up until a week before the finals started, I would have said to you, I don't want to see Fremantle win it. But given the way that the, the governing body slapped them in the face,
0: I couldn't think of a better story right now. I'm I'm a bit torn about it and this is coming from someone who actually went into frio you know to watch the, the game at the pub with uh, Timbo, who would be familiar to other listeners. And it, yeah. it was quite terrifying at the end because Timbo actually broke out into a facial expression there. So <laughs> I've, I've never seen anything like that and before. And he said
1: about ten yeah. words probably as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, so it, it was a very eye-opening experience for me. Mm. Um, but... Oh, see, no, I just forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've... <laughs> Lost my train of thought completely. You're Um, torn, you see. Yes, I... Yes, thank you. Get me back on track. Good work, Cheech. I am torn because... Second only to wanting Hawthorne to win the flag this year, only, you know, five years overdue, is my one great fear, and that is the fear of a Geelong-Sydney Grand Final, which would just be the ultimate shit stain on the last Mm. Saturday in September. Mm. Like, Mm. so, that's why I'm a bit worried, because, number one, Geelong have pretty much got one foot in the granny now, considering how, yeah. I mean, to say that Hawthorne have a 7,000-pound gorilla on their back about beating Geelong is not doing it justice. And number two, the, the because the, Frio lost, yeah, they went to the opposite sides of the draw. So Geelong and Sydney are both now lined up and poised. God, I hope it doesn't happen. Seriously. Like, what do you do if those two play on oh, Grand Final oh. Day? Like, you have to decide whether to sort of stay in bed or just go into the kitchen and make yourself breakfast and then shoot yourself I, in the head.
1: Yeah, I think I'll watch a replay of 2006. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be my
0: answer. Yeah, 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 I couldn't think, of it. yeah, that's, that's, so, as I say, that's why I'm a bit worried now, is it has sort of, the, the door has opened now to this, mm. n- the abomination of all Grand Finals. So, so Hawthorne, 3 come on, it's on
1: you. Yeah. Please, one of you at least. Yeah.
0: Prevent this shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is all. Geez, this is something of a tough rant for me because, possibly for the first time ever in my life, I think I'm actually almost too gutted to be angry. The Whacker will not be hosting a test match next year. Yeah. Now, I can honestly say that... The first day in particular of the Wacker Test match is probably my favourite day of the year, every year. I look forward to it from six months beforehand. When the fixtures are released, I go into work the very next day and and take those days off work to organise it. I let Dad know that he needs to take the first day off to come and watch it with me. I let um, my cousin know that he's got to take the second day off and organise with Timbo to be coming on the third. Um, yeah, it is, to say it's a massive part of, of my existence as a, <laughs> as a as a cricket devotee is just not doing it enough justice. And now this is where the rage just start to come in. The fact that, say what you will about the size of the stadium and all this other claptrap, as far as I can tell, the Indians are too shit scared of being embarrassed in two and a half days over here like they were last time and have therefore managed to convince Cricket Australia to not play a test here. That really gives me the fucking shits, because when we go over there, we have to play on four ranked Dust Bowls that they have deliberately prepared in order to advantage their team. So what? Has it gotten to the point now where the BCCI can organise schedules and pitches and that, both at home and away, in order to try and favour their team? Like, I I actually really hope that it is just because of the stadium capacity issue. Because if I find out that this has, yeah, had something to do... With the BCCI influencing things, mm. that will just yeah make me even more furious about it.
1: Yeah, it seems a little bit too. There's, there's two things that make this seem a little bit too convenient of an excuse, isn't there, really? The first one being the capacity, and the second one being the old um, first in, first in, well, last in, first out
0: yeah. mentality. And, and here's the other thing the fucking Brisbane test gets washed out all the time. We always have to deal with rain during the Brisbane test, every year. Mm. So wouldn't you think, particularly given that, you know, the Gabba may have been sort of the next one on the chopping block anyway, wouldn't you think, Geez, there's one test where we're potentially in danger of losing, you know, any sort of time due to rain. I mean, over the last few years, we've seen it happen a number of times that rain has impacted the result Mm. versus the test at the Wacker, which, I mean, for fuck's sake, James Sutherland, this is your wet dream. You've got cricket on in prime time.
1: Yeah, well, that's the the other confusing part. I mean, it sounds like Channel 9 weren't very happy about the decision either.
0: Mate, it... Yeah, I think this, this trumps the retirements of Tugger and Huss as just the single, year most devastating announcement I've ever heard. Like, how, I just... It just doesn't seem right. It's like the sun coming up in the West. The fact that I'm going to have... And this is the other thing... As an ongoing Whacker member, I think last year or the year before, you actually, um, the colour of your lanyard on which you keep your membership tag um, gets upgraded every few years. So I've, I've been, I think I'm up, yeah, into the orange level, which I think is like five to nine. So if you decide, hey, no test match, fuck that. Okay. You know, they can say all they want about giving us four one days instead, but forget it. Then what happens is my well, membership yeah gets reset to zero. I go back to the bottom, and I believe I also have to pay some sort of um, some sort of enlisting fee if I do then become a member again. But at the end of the day, like I'm I'm not mad at the whacker at all. In yeah. fact, I'm I'm planning on ringing them and just saying you give Cricket Australia absolute hell over this. Well, then, I mean, the like, if they is... need to bring me in just to take a dump on James Sutherland's bonnet while they're in there meeting with him, I'm more than happy to make myself available for that. But, oh, it just... I sticks. mean, the
1: other, the other thing is is that the 4-1 days that they're going to be adding in, you know full well that it's going to be... Shit? It's going to be Powerhouse versus Minnow, and it's going to be over in 30 overs <laughs>
0: anyway. I, I don't care. Like, quite honestly, I could get the, you know, the Australia versus South Africa 438 one-day match... You know, I could get that four times over, and it still wouldn't even come close to the impact of just the first day of the Test match alone. Like, there's, there's no substitute for the Test match. Don't, don't be ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's very disappointing.
1: Well, um, good news and bad news, Dan. As far as our Eagles podcast goes, anyway. Good news, they took my advice and um, decided that John Worsfold and the club needed to part ways. The, the bad, bad news is, is
0: you don't think it had anything to do with you?
1: <laughs> well, no, the bad news is, is I still haven't got my call yet. You put it
0: out there. I mean, what's going on? You I, I would have thought they um, would have sort of had you lined up before Woosher left. You know, this is almost like uh, Michael Voss leaving before Paul Ruse has actually been confirmed. Yeah, and then <laughs> signing with Melbourne. Whoops! Wow, yeah, well, really, that was an really Angus it, Signing with Melbourne, is that... Mm. Yeah, I, it's hard to pick who the biggest loser out of that situation is.
1: I can tell you <laughs> who it's not. It's Paul Roos' bank manager. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can tell you who it's not.
0: It's anyone who's ever listened to a Sydney game on Foxtel well, over the past few years. Yeah, well, I'm expecting... Uh, I'm expecting... A... He can, what's he going to do the first time Melbourne play Sydney? And he sort of like trots oh. down to the rooms to suck off Teddy Richards at halftime. It's to be a little bit awkward, isn't it? Well, no, not really. Because I've... Oh, Will be uh, in a demon's jumper bite. I
1: suspect that he's going to yeah. trade pick two for mum for mummy Goodsy, yeah. Teddy Richards.
0: Oh, because Teddy is a super athlete, yeah. But,
1: uh, it is interesting, is the Eagles, uh, well and truly, I guess, in a state of flux at the moment, waiting for the uh, <laughs> waiting to make the decision as to uh, please, for the love of
0: God, not so much. No, Ooh. God, no. All right, All right, I'm, I'm out mean, of the frying pan yeah. and into the fire. Yeah. Right, we can do better. Seriously. Yeah, I'd other like- than, yeah. Other than having played for the club, what exactly do they think qualifies him to become our next head coach? I mean, we've just seen the other team in this state essentially go out and deliberately target and headhunt the man who they thought was the best possible candidate for the role. In what way, shape, or form does Peter Sumich meet that criteria? Criteria. I mean, I'm hoping that there's a they're going
1: to pull a rabbit out of a hat one Mister. Alastair Clarkson, yeah. who I would love to see I, coach the Eagles. I
0: have heard that, and also like I've heard, in particular if Hawthorne don't win the flag this year, yeah. that um, Hawthorne might not be that uh, keen on keeping him. And yeah, and yeah like the stars could align there because I do find it quite interesting that West Coast did go out of their way to say that they'd be announcing their new coach in October. Yeah. I mean, if, and, if,
1: and if it's not Clarkson, I'd actually like uh, Adam Simpson, of course, who's Clarkson's number one assistant at the moment at Hawthorne. Uh, I, I think that I really want somebody who's completely detached from the club
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's it's a no-brainer. You, you don't shit where you eat. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Um, and, I mean, the fact is, he happened to jag one premiership with a team who, you know, Blind Freddy could have coached to get them the flag. He had even by a point. Yeah. So, that, along with his, yeah, status as one of the all-time greats, it, it's it's not healthy. It's not healthy for a coach to have that much sort of tenure in his role. Like, yeah. the same thing happened with Tom Moody at WA, the same thing has happened with Michael Voss. Well, until they caught a glimpse of Roozie and decided to go it. Yeah, and instead. I mean, the funny like, thing is, is that... it just does not work.
1: Uh, um, the, and, and I mean, James I was
0: going to say uh, the, the, the thing that
1: concerns you more is when you when you kind of tie tie the mask to the uh, to the favoured son, because yeah. it does make it difficult to move him on. You look at Hurd, and Hurd's the perfect example of that. It's absolutely ridiculous. Anybody else would have been fired mm. in the position that James Hurd put that clubby.
0: But no, James... So he gets a two-year yeah. extension. I mean, let's look at how Collingwood would have gone if Mick Malthouse had stayed on rather than Buckley taking over. You know, there's, there's so yeah. many instances. And like, I mean, I think just, that this is... You want that situation. You actually have to... You, you do
1: have to... Buckley's an interesting one because Buckley's probably going to be the next guy who's going to face that microscope, particularly next year if there's some problems. I mean, there's enough issues at Collingwood already. If Buckley all of a sudden turns that team into a team that can't make the finals next year... His position has got to be untenable, surely. I
0: I think it's going to be quite interesting because, as I see it, after bombing out this year in that manner, Mm. his only choice is to completely um, eradicate any hint of an element of, uh, you know, we prefer Mick syndrome at the club. Because I know there have been so many murmurings and rumblings about it that they're... There is a sentiment within a core group of players that they did prefer things under. Mike. And I actually think he his only choice now is to actually move them all on. Yeah, and it's and the, the problem that you have with that is is that he's
1: committing to having to go backwards to go forwards. Yeah. And him, he, I mean, whilst Eddie's there, is probably going to have Eddie support being his love child and all. But if Eddie's moved
0: on, what makes Bucks think he's going to be safe? It really, it's an interesting yeah. predicament if, there. If it, if his uh, yeah safety is secure as long as Eddie's is secure. I think he's yeah. looking pretty good. But. And
1: I, I actually want to go on the record and say I think that Michael Voss actually was going to be a hard week be done boy.
0: Oh, a little bit? Mm. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. He probably deserved to be sacked after the, um. well, after his decision to basically assume they were in premiership mode. Mm. And, uh, well, I mean, he fucked that team up. Well, um, just based yeah, on one RC win against Carlton. But the fact is, that team I think at that stage had won seven of their last ten including a couple of very big scalps and in terms of his like performance from s- since when he started to that point, he was actually well and truly and think, on the on the upward. And I think more slope.
1: importantly, the players loved him.
0: Yeah, and you see now, now that can it be, be a problem if the coach is underperforming, as we've yeah. seen with Worsfold. But in an instance like that, not only does it come off as yeah incredibly unfair well, on him, but what sort of impact do you reckon it would have on the on the morale of the change room? Well, when you hear the fact that
1: um, it's you know they're, they're saying that six six of their players have already stated that
0: they want out of the club mm. and a lot of that's tied to uh, to Michael Voss. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only, the absolute only way, the only situation in which it would have been acceptable was if Paul Ruse had basically signed on the dollar line in yeah. invisible ink. If that was the case, then it becomes sort of a Mark Harvey, Ross Lyon situation. Mm. But the fact that they went through all that shafted arguably the greatest player in the history of their club mm. um, in order to sort of Increase their chances of possibly convincing Rusey to come and coach them. I mean, yeah. that's what—that's well, just mean, look, mismanagement one yeah. and one. I, and
1: the reality is, you—you you made an interesting point. Is that Michael Voss's greatest enemy was actually Michael Voss, the as the uh, list manager in essence. Mm, yeah. Um. <laughs> <we're> <laughs> <in football>. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, funnily enough, I wouldn't mind seeing Vossi even at the Eagles if he was if the, he was appointed as a head coach. I wouldn't be too disappointed mm. in that um, well, he because didn't have I'd one like to see the
0: door here before, he, yeah, before his... about the um... and
1: I'd like to because uh, I'd like to see him in a traditional football town with the resources that the Eagles would clearly have. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's no doubting he is. I mean, he is one of the all-time greats in terms of his on-field performances. Yeah. He's a passionate guy. He will yeah. absolutely give the job his all. Yeah. I think his his biggest um, his biggest drawback was just his blind ambition when he first got that call. I just wonder if he had taken the apprenticeship at West Coast, whether he wouldn't have um, taken over from Warsfall perhaps two years you know, ago. Yeah, perhaps a couple of years ago, and whether that may have just completely yeah but led to yeah it would have changed things completely. Yeah, before.
1: definite sliding doors moment. So, as yeah, I mean as much I've as him probably putting all the chips in the table. At the time mm-hmm. I didn't mind it because there was a window there. There was a little bit of a window there if 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 it had worked out. It had to I, work out. There it was risky. But mm-hmm. it was where their list was at, it, it actually did make a bit of sense to go all in. Unfortunately for him, you know Oh,
0: but the way they treated Brad I think yeah. that was the the one that sort of yeah. Yeah, I mean unfortunately unfortunately people. for Vossi going
1: all in, somebody flipped quads. Mm.
0: And But I mean, particularly considering that he had you know, played in premierships yeah. with the bloke, you know, that guy was you mm. know, one of the well established and extremely well respected seniors at the club. Um, yeah, that was a tad harsh. Well,
1: nice. You could say that. Also, having said that, Bradshaw played a whopping seven games. I think it was after that point.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Before his, but uh, still, that's uh, his uh, lead that's game. probably
0: on par with bowlers' performance at Brisbane. So yeah, yeah. So, I, I just think at the end of the day, when that offer came through, it was just simply too good to refuse. He just yeah. he couldn't turn it down. So mm. no, and, and I don't think many people could have. But yeah, I just wonder now if he sort of looks back at that and thinks what might have happened if things had gone a slightly different way mm, but uh, so is there I mean is there anyone else it's like someone like well, they a, a talk Rodney about, Ede or well Ede's ruled, and, and, him, Ede's ruled
1: himself out because he's just signed on as the football manager at Collingwood right. um, Alan Richardson surprisingly has ruled himself out as well he's another person who I wouldn't mind seeing go probably the, the, the well I mean Burns obviously in house is, mm. is the favourite at the moment but the other one who's getting a fair bit of play as a as a potential candidate is Lee Tudor who's done an apprenticeship both under Ross Lyon and, and now with John Longmire so having yep. worked at St Kilda, having worked at St Kilda in Sydney but also having previously worked with the Jong VFL team. Hmm.
0: So It's a bit funny when this happens because I know certainly a few years ago whenever this sort of thing would happen you'd immediately get the Malcolm Blight and Dennis Pagan and all all these sorts of, you know, previous coaches who were, you know, currently not in a position. Whereas now I think the the pendulum's swung the other way now. It's more about trying to grab the most promising young prospect coming through. Yeah, Um, and
1: and that's justified. I mean, look, if you you work off the assumption that the teams that won... Well, not the assumption. If you take into account that the the, the eight teams that won the most games this year, seven of the eight were first-time coaches with the club that they're currently at, the eighth one being Ross mm. So it, it goes to show that it pays to get a young person in or, a, or an inexperienced person in, in many respects, who so may have done an apprenticeship elsewhere Perhaps, yeah, I mean, and an school them
0: up. Might not be the right word for no. it, but I think it's whereas back in the day, if a uh, coach is recycling coaches, you could always try and find the best possible no. option of the previous ones. Now it's more about trying to identify who the best. Um, you know,
1: and I don't yeah, mean, look, I think that there's a good wins. reason for this. I, I've, I've said I've said this many times before. I actually don't know if I've said it on a bloke pod yet. But
0: like
1: I, <laughs> I only think that there's probably five or six really good coaches out there, which is why this stuff happens. Yeah. The the need to to look and recycle coaches is minimal because the difference between a guy who's established who hasn't made the grade yet and somebody who's untried in those positions mm. is so marginal. Yeah. It's that you might as well take the risk and hope that you uncover the next Clarkson, yep. um, the next Longmire. Oh,
0: the next um, Hinkley.
1: Yeah. Look what he's... Um, yeah. Exactly. That type of guy, rather than bringing back
0: somebody like Gary Ayres, yeah. who... Yeah, he's another good example. I know there was just that sort of short list of names, yeah. which Danny Frawley, I think, was often on there as well. Just folks who used to do a bit of coaching, aren't anymore. Yeah. Ah, let's give them a bill. Yeah. yeah. So... I mean, the one name, I think, is he still an author, is um,
1: Leon Cameron? Now, Leon Cameron's now the coach of GWS.
0: Oh, of course he's. Yeah, go on. We'll edit that part out. <laughs> no, you won't. You always like to leave these moments in just to embarrass me. You yeah, tell well, me on not... the day that you'll edit them out, and then if I ever go back and listen to them later, <laughs> there yeah. it is, just sitting in there. And yet all those times that you've, you know, broken wind or done anything even mildly embarrassing and humiliating, strangely enough, they'll make the final cut. There's
1: been a bit of selection of detail going on there. Well, you don't like it's it. It's not Maybe. cool. You don't like it. Maybe you can do more than 10 minutes of recording and actually do some editing once in a while.
0: Nah, fuck that. Not worth it. <laughs> I'll just play the role of the villain. So, but yeah, it'll be
1: interesting to see the uh, the way that they actually go. And um, I'm glad you didn't add an
0: about it onto the end of that. But there was yeah, we were at Darcy threat level orange there. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, have you now noticed the way it is so blatantly obvious that he's been scouring all the the comment and forum boards, searching for anything that anyone has ever said about him ever? That now every time you know, probably four or five times a quarter, where he utters the first you know. Thing or four yeah. words of that immortal phrase you can almost see his brain going oh hang on Darth. better not and yeah like changing yeah. it at the last second I think the only thing that's more pitiful about someone who has to resort to those sorts of tired and meaningless cliches is someone who then reads criticism of himself for doing that and then has to almost you know as I say yeah several times again just bite down on his tongue in order to not keep doing it
1: boy oh boy oh, boy oh boy big boy big boy jackson's gone yeah. in for the kill wow
0: Fuck me, the Saturday night slot is just... The, well, I mean, yeah, m- m- maybe the, that could be an interesting poll to conduct, seeing as they like to do all this fucking live and interactive horse shit. I cannot emphasise that enough. It is horse shit. Let's have a poll that people would really like to participate in. Hayman, Baz versus BT and Dars. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah as, you, <laughs> as you reach the end of your life... <laughs> Which poetry oh. duo would you like to see you off from this world? would you
1: like to get smashed across the face or would you prefer to get <laughs> kicked in the nuts? Oh, oh. That's a tough one. Yeah,
0: it's it's impossible. It, yeah, yeah. This is like one of those tell ancient, you what, ancient Greek, you know, Greek um, mythological riddles. This is sort of the uh, the 21st century equivalent. I
1: tell you what, Dan, I like the way you went about that. Pretty brave. So Pretty brave. brave.
0: Yep. Oh, and yes, I didn't need to rant about this too. Now, <laughs> fucking. All right, yeah. No, I saw you reaching for the stock switch there, so I figured. No, no, no. I've got to get in. Hamish McLaughlin. Now, I've come to accept as an inevitability inevitability, your complete and utter fucking butchering of the English language and any basic sort of common sense week in, week out. On a Saturday afternoon. Oh, no, I can't call it that. We have to call it Saturday Arvo. Really try and target that female demographic. Cause <laughs> God, yeah, because <laughs> God, <laughs> God knows <laughs> all, those, all those chicks, once they see Saturday Arvo, they, they will flock, flock to your broadcast. They'll swarm. But last week, you crossed the line. You went too far. This, this was the comment. Fremantle kicked the last three goals and four of the last six... Now as I said, immediately at the time, that means after they kicked the last, prior to them kicking the last three, they kicked only one out of the three before that. So how does it make sense to take three of the last three and then add one of the last three before that? So this is my point, you can can fuck around with the English language as as much as you want, but when you cross the line into statistical dumb fuckery, then you're in my domain, bitch. And up with
1: that, I will not put. And uh, you know the scary part is, I don't know if you've noticed the footifying Australian ads at the moment. Where they're teaching the people to commentate in different languages. I'm
0: trying did, to use some sort of brain bleaching <laughs> technology to forget about it. Just them. for the
1: record, did oh. you
0: notice who it is yeah. that is teaching them? Hey, the fact is, before they even sat down in that chair, they already out you. So, I was you're, just, say, you're just lucky that none of them happen to have a direct blood relative sort of high up at yeah. AFL HQ. Well, Q. the thing that I was
1: wondering is, in that ad, I don't see the English person... <laughs> That would be a nice touch. Yeah. You have to admit, that would be a nice touch. To well, I guess that's the... what
0: they're saying, is that you pretty much only need to know a few words in order to outperform these fucking Muppets on a Saturday. On Saturday, are they? Yep. Yeah.
1: What more oh, need be
0: said. Yeah. As I say, hey, you're a fucktard. <laughs> Right, I'm on a bit of a roll here after my um, Hames stats rant. I'm going to draw perhaps a slightly longer bow, but the one thing which Channel Seven have become fucking obsessed with over the last season, or perhaps two, is when after clearances, you know, goals, any sort of key measure like that. on the right hand side of the screen they flash up the last ten. Now what pisses me off is that often when you look at them you'll see that the last six have all gone to one team, but then before that you've got one to the other team, then one to the first team, then two to the other team again. So basically if you were to actually look at the 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 most recent run of that stat you would be able to immediately see alright we should be showing the last stats for the last six clearances, perhaps If they had had eight of the last nine, then show the nine up. But what Channel 7 decided to do is just, Oh, you know what? It's always the last ten. They're always going to be the most significant. Always the ones worth showing. Even though half the time it's basically three or four in a row and then it's just a complete randomness after that. Now, if you're going to go to that extent of trying to introduce some sort of statistical nouse to your coverage... For fuck's sake! Just have someone sitting there going, "All right, this is the number of um, yeah recent measures that we want to show, and this is why."
1: Yeah, Billy Bean's got a lot to answer for, hasn't he? <sighs> As a consequence of
0: Moneyball,
1: it's it's just it's it's creeping into it all. Is that th- people don't make the distinction between
0: meaningful and meaningless it, when it comes the to thing, statistics. Yeah. People see Moneyball and they think, "Ah, oh, yeah, statistics." That's good. Got to get me some of those. Yeah, (laughs) missing the point that kind of only helps if yeah, if they're actually meaningful. Which, for some reason, just brings to mind one of our famous, uh, one of our favourite respondent comments of all time. Who, when asked why he played lotto, he said, "For statistics. I enjoy statistics." (laughs) And my comment, of course, at the end (laughs) of was, "It's a shame that you're good
1: at it." (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was second only to the guy who said, in order to pay off my brother's gambling debts. Yeah. I still remember the guy who is... Who, See, at least he's committed to the cause. I still remember the guy whose greatest ambition was to get a couch that doesn't stink. That was yeah. gold. I, I believe at the time I made the comment to you, can you imagine how how bad that couch must actually smell <laughs> yeah. if, if it's gotten if it's come to this? Yeah. <laughs> Ah, the general public. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If there's one thing my previous job taught me, it's to never underestimate the stupidity of the general public. Yeah, Hame. <laughs> yeah. I, get, I evidence, give you your masses.
1: <laughs> as evidence by Saturday Arvo and Saturday Night. Yeah. The worst part is when which you... Which happened
0: to fall on a Saturday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Hame. That's, right. That's right. Yeah. I reckon yeah. if you brought up the last ten Saturdays...
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they'd all fall exactly one day before a That's <laughs> Which is nice, nice little trend happening on that side. Yeah. Yeah. We should... I don't know if we've mentioned it on this podcast before, but we should give one of our all-time biggest ever shout-outs to that magnificent bastard on Bigfooty who penned Saturday Arvo commentary team a Recap. <laughs> this deserves to be shelved alongside, yeah, Pickwick Papers, um, Macbeth, you know, all of the, the literary, you know... Giants I think they've got nothing on this guy um in particular I like the um yeah the coining of the uh Triple H nickname which he said was because the team could never decide whether to call him Haim Hamo or Hammer <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, if you haven't done so already, it's, I mean, yeah. Words really can't do it justice. Yeah. So <laughs> do, do yourself a favour. Yeah. yeah. Check it out See on yourself. Big Footy. Yeah. Your life will never turn be a, the same.
1: Turn us off right now. Or maybe listen to us while
0: yeah. you're reading So They are, It's UK. basically the equivalent of saying, there's this band called The Beatles. You should check them out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only it's in an abusing Hane context. Yeah. Sorry, Triple H.
1: And while we're at it, Check out the Beatles.
0: (laughs) Oh, good call. (laughs) Well, Jeange, one of the creative geniuses behind the bloke pod... I'll, I'll Who's give you that? a hint it wasn't you Um I've come up with Billy, idea for Billy. a moment for a new ongoing segment Billy come up with something which I think could be a winner um, so in the, yeah very much in the vein of the Chief and his um, increasingly incoherent rants on um, Foxtel. <laughs> I've decided to yeah to just do that same thing but with a, a slight tweak and I think we should uh, yeah launch a fantasy Coach Killer segment so, this Which is a is... segment reserved for the, the blokes who get injured and subbed off halfway during the first quarter. Yeah, the the premium price players who crap out on you for the whole game. Pretty much, and, yeah, the one we... guy each week who we single out for our...
1: And we, we're going to carry this eye. through all the competitions because we've... Yep. Since discovered that between us, we're pretty much playing fantasy sport all year well, round.
0: Well, and I'm living many fantasies as well, but that, that's a separate conversation. Yeah. yeah. Well. I, I have joined up for the fantasy EPL this year, because one of your co-workers, in fact, made and, the mistake uh, of... Uh, original, uh, <laughs> and uh, occasional Boat pod contributor, Matty C. Yeah. Well, Shout out to Matty C. He posts the bear. Yeah, and the bear has struck back. Let me tell you. After three rounds, I'm, well, I should look up my exact margin over him. But let's just put it this way: I think I actually have to scroll down the page from where I am to to come to his team on the ladder. So, you know, so yeah. So you know, after, be... after pretty much learning the rules, some twenty-four to thirty-six hours before the season started that was all I needed, baby,
1: <laughs> to torture that. So uh, yeah. So you with the so, EPL, and uh, when the NBA season starts, I'll be getting back on board with. Uh, out to defend my championship. Oh, there it is. Everyone heard the NBA draft episode twenty five and yeah, suffice to say my, my call of me be dominating was proved to be proved to be quite accurate. i, See, I, I was did,
0: there to sort of keep you in your place that night.
1: <laughs> I did get some uh, the uh, the polar bears did raid uh, raise a very late challenge to my to my crown, but uh, true to form, last last uh, put the gap in there last last game of the year. So thanks for coming so uh and uh yeah by the way boys uh there was a there's meant to be a $200 prize coming my way so uh pony <laughs> that, was, up, that
0: was agreed to before you won
1: <laughs> yeah pony up the dough quite frankly it's funny like 200 bucks? yeah yeah we're playing for beer oh, high stakes buddy so what
0: that's how many of them how many they of them they'll owe you? me
1: they'll owe me 40 bucks. thanks for coming
0: yeah, anyway. So those Muppets, who almost certainly must be at least slightly aware of their own incompetence, <laughs> still agreed to put 40 bucks on the line. Yeah,
1: oh, I has got to a candy from a baby, mate.
0: You know? <laughs> anyway. Gee, how does one go about uh, organising <laughs> one <laughs> of these? Sort of, well, I just sort of, yeah, well, I'd just say. bucks, and, though. What, nah. like that's... That's pretty serious, bickies for something mm. like that. So, uh,
1: but uh, yeah. Anyway, Doug, we're, we're we're veering slightly off topic. Nice work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's easy work. Yeah, nice work when you can get it. Um, yeah. I'm sure I've uh, the only problem is that I think I poked the polar bear and in the tackle cabin like that, not in that way. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
0: Um, you heard it here first. I'm like sure like the
1: your... uh, and he, he'll be uh, he'll be out to uh, to exact exactly. his
0: revenge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Given that But generally, the, um,
0: generally, that's never really as threatening as it huh? sounds. <laughs> with well,
1: with, with with the NBA, it's a bit closer. I think it's I think it's three all now between us. So yeah. So he'll be uh, he'll
0: be gutting for me this year, I'm sure. So uh, my key takeout from this discussion is that in three of the last six seasons, you've actually lost to Marcus. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: But I did but I did that's, get the that's last. That's
0: a fantasy coach killer right there. But I did
1: get the last. That would be
0: absolute fantasy coach suicide. Come on. <laughs> lift your game.
1: Oh, he, he, snaked, he snaked me in the last round one year. You sick me. I wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> I was ranting about that for about a year. That was a coach killer all in. Good but, times. Um, so yeah, yeah. In, in, oh. the NBA, in the NBA thing it's a guy who plays 30 minutes and scores negative points is essentially a coach killer.
0: <laughs> Zach Dawson.
1: I had a yeah. couple I had a couple of those sitting on my bench at various stages last year. Luckily they don't contribute any points
0: on the bench. Yeah. But
1: uh, well, I, they weren't contributing any which is they were playing on the court either as it
0: turns out. You, yeah, the given, Jackson, uh, the Jackson Ferguson's. Yeah. That's who they are. Given uh, minus five. Was it was minus five ones. Given
1: six? Uh, there was a there was a a double bloke pot off uh, between. Jeez. Jackson, let's let's Jackson, have
0: another medium. Jackson discuss that
1: Jackson v <laughs> Jackson v GJ in one round, and then the winner getting get the right to be getting pantsed by Timbo in the final. As it turned out,
0: <laughs> yeah, great prize. Yeah yeah uh, let me just respond to that by saying that East Perth pants your mob last week <laughs> take that <laughs> well, I was yeah so, yeah, uh, so anyway I, I was going to say as well yeah I'm also I have been doing the fantasy ashes on ESPN quick info so I'll probably mm. yeah get back into action on that one um, come the start of the next series So get it but anyway, there, anyway, I guess what we're track. trying to say is that there is quite a a wide array of options from which we, we can will be select our, it from in yeah, the future. Our target of eyes.
1: and uh, given uh, Jackson the, uh, I'm trying to remember the, sch-
0: the schizophrenic team. Schizophrenic yeah. It. It's to all spelling.
1: Managed to get picked by Chulipper Batman's. There's probably still. Still,
0: can I just point out? I, there was a much greater threat that particular weekend in that I happened to be um, lining up against Bagman's Bagman in the, in the fantasy comp on um, yeah on footytips.com.au but thankfully unlike a certain co-host who happened to lose to his nemesis Polaris <laughs> <laughs> I well and truly established my authority in that one <laughs> in, even even though Andrew Walker did his best to just shit all over me with a t- uh, minus 50 point trade penalty having to sub his bad gastro ass out of my forward line even with that still wasn't enough for the bad man so. but uh, thank Christ quite honestly because I wouldn't be here today if I lost to him he did beat me in the um I think in the last round that we played um in the regular season and then in the first round of the finals he managed to step up and, and beat quite handily the top guy in our league who had, I think had only lost three games all year but you ran for, for Mr Cricketers it was a rags to riches story losing four of his five first five games of the season and the one win was against Bagman's Bagman so it really yeah not, not much to go on at all but from little things big things grow <laughs> take that Bagman that's right
1: are you going to nominate you somebody for your uh, fantasy coach killers or you just uh, well, get a gloat about
0: Wow. well no, I think I think we're we'll just introduce this segment, cause the segment because well, the free season's been over fantasy wise for a, for a week now, so my blood pressure's dropped back into the the low two hundreds. So yeah,
1: I don't think I can summon so, uh, requisite rage. I was going to say <laughs> much later. So the the Travis Spoke one fifty four didn't didn't get you. Well, no,
0: it was more than the fucking little dickhead then like shat out of 34 or something the following week and I was like where was that last week when I needed this uh, Ah, yeah, yeah that did piss me off yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: no I think my fantasy coach killer this year in general was just the number of yeah arsy little pricks like you who basically slunk into the finals with a a substandard team, ergo, were forced to pick these yeah low caliber players within their starting lineup, and then happened to just get lucky when an entire an entire swathe of yeah premium you know top players who were in all of the best teams just decided to pick the first fortnight of the finals to just take a massive dump. All over the faces of dream, dedicated dream team coaches everywhere. Yeah. I, I literally have lost count of the number of, of guys who, like, you know, go on dream team talk, you know, the series of aficionados who have just gone on there saying, I got bounced by the guy who like finished in eighth place, knows nothing. And I put it down to the unli- the two trades per week this year. Well, uh, j- just point one uh, I'd
1: hardly call Travis Boker nobody when you consider he averaged 106 this year at uh,
0: Amy Stadium. my mate, detail. Mate, mate Jared Travis- Rufford and Dyson Heffel both had pretty handy averages too. Until I needed them. <laughs> Until I happened to be playing against you. At which point Rufford decided, "Oh, you know, I'm only going <laughs> to break past the 40 mark with a with a nine pointer in the dying seconds of the game." And Heppel, that was even more frustrating because with Heppel there was the promise of so much, like the 35 point first quarter. And then I hear the news early in the sector, oh lads, Dyson Heppel's been subbed off at quarter time. <laughs> what the fuck? And then I was just sitting there thinking to myself, GJ has always hated Dyson Heppel. I bet I, this one week, I happen to be playing one of only, yeah, 2.3% of teams who don't have him in their starting lineup. See, that's what I'm talking about. Your incompetence in not picking Heffel somehow actually paid off. It's bullshit! <laughs> bullshit! And yet I still beat you by a like
1: couple of hundred, but we won't get into that. Yeah, yeah
0: whatever. I'm trying to remember who else was responsible for that. I think Travis Bop was when I saw that he had gone gone gold, I could just tell it wasn't gonna, be, well, just, wasn't gonna be my week. I was just pissed off I didn't put him captain like I was planning to do. Yeah. <laughs> And b- by the way, I really must salute any magnificent bastard out there who went was just brave enough to do, yeah to do what I just wasn't brave enough to do because I had Lee Montana as my vice captain <laughs> in the final round. So to any of you, yeah, absolute <laughs> cockheads who scored a lazy 378 points. From your captured in the final round. Yeah, well, <laughs> well played, you son of a bitch. <laughs>